Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you because you desire to always express your heart and your mind to us. Thank you because your heart and your mind will be communicated accurately, authoritatively, and powerfully. And the hearts of men shall receive these words and the actions that they will take will show that they believe in the word and they received it truly in Jesus' name. So um, this morning, um, it's, it's a season of um, trying to press into God a little bit more um, in uh, Alagomeji Church in having Holy Ghost meetings. And interestingly, in the Okocha Church, we've been started a series of teachings along the lines of things pertaining to and of the Holy Spirit. And certain things were stirred up in my heart uh, as we began looking at those, those things. And I just want to share a few of them with us this morning, probably reiterating things we know but I think it's needful because of the season. It's important to get a good glimpse and a good understanding of certain concepts so that we can walk in the light of them and get the optimal benefits that we're supposed to get from um, specially designed meetings to meet the needs of the people and to be a blessing to people. This morning, I'm going to be sharing God's word, and I want to title the topic, Getting High on the Most High. Getting High on the Most High. Right. Um, I like to take my text from the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. I'll, I'll read a couple of verses of scripture. I'll read from verses 1 to 8. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. The Bible says, on the day Pentecost was being fulfilled. All the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly, they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. Then all at once, a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes it separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. Now at that time, there were Jewish worshippers who had emigrated from many different lands to live in Jerusalem. When the people of the city heard the roaring sound, crowds came running to where it was coming from, stunned over what was happening because each one could hear the disciples speaking in his or our own language. Bewildered, they said to one another, Aren't these all Galileans? So how is it that we hear them speaking in our own languages? We are not Eastern Iranians 
not Western Iranians, Elamites, and those from Mesopotamia, Judea, East Central Turkey, and the coastal areas of the Black Sea, Asia, North Central Turkey, Southern Turkey, Egypt, Libyans, who are neighbors of Cyrene, visitors from all over the Roman Empire, both Jew and converts to Judaism, Christians and Arabs, yet we hear them speak of God's mighty wonders in our own dialects. Praise God. Here, we're talking about getting high on the most high. Um, you know, in, in Bible interpretation or in Bible referencing, there's this principle of the law of first mention. And the principle of the law of first mention speaks about um, you looking critically at it, at any area in the in the scriptures where it appears that there was a first mention of a concept, and that to a large extent gives a very strong idea of what that concept really is all is really supposed to be all about. So here we find a situation where in the Bible he had had several places where the Holy Spirit had come and manifested himself at different times, even in the Old Testament. But this was the first time that the Holy Spirit would be manifesting himself corporately upon a large gathering of people. Uh, and, it was, and it was the day of Pentecost to do so. Glory to God. Now, when we talk about getting high on the most high, the word getting high is like a colloquial language for, for being intoxicated or being under the influence of say, maybe spirits or alcohol. You know, it also means to be inebriated. You know, getting high in, in a, say, maybe pigeon or word on the street is what someone will refer to as a, someone that is a, taking shayo or, you know, like they will say the person has become all right. You know, there's a difference between being okay and being all right. You know, being okay means you fed well, but being all right means you are high on something that is intoxicating. <laughs> So, uh, but it's, it's interesting and it's, it's critical to see that the experience of being filled with the spirit is being described as drunkenness. Wow. And honestly, you know, you would, you would think, okay, maybe this was just an isolated um, incident where there was the mention of of the of the Holy Spirit being referred to as the experience of being drunk, but you find that that in other portions of the Scripture, there just seems to be a a, a very strong uh, 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 analogy between being drunk with wine and being drunk with the Holy Spirit, and of course that is instructive. In Ephesians chapter 5 and in verse 17, it makes us understand also that the Bible makes a comparison between the infilling of the Holy Spirit and being drunk 
with wine. Glory to God. You will see clearly that um, the experience of, of being drunk has certain distinct characteristics. Okay. Usually when someone is drunk, you find out that the person becomes disinhibited. By disinhibition, it means the person has lost uh, the normal, usual control that controls the behavior. The person usually is unable to comport himself in a, in a proper manner. Other things you see with someone who is drunken is the fact that there's just this boldness, boldness to act in manner, in a manner in ways that you usually wouldn't have done under normal circumstances. Then you also find that there's also that thing about spontaneity, spontaneity of actions, spontaneity of responses. Okay. And we see a bit of that spontaneity in the fact that you can find the person doing a lot of on the spur of the moment. Uh, utterances flowing and this is similar to what we see in the experience of of the infilling of the holy spirit that uh, is described in in this part of the scripture as drunkenness you know as a matter of fact if you read in uh, verse uh, 12 you know because those guys that came looked at what was happening and they and they actually thought those guys were drunk because they said in verse 12 but others poked fun at them and said they are just drunk on new wine but uh, peter now said peter stood up with the 11 apostles and shouted to the crowd listen carefully my fellow jews and residents of jerusalem you need to clearly understand what's happening here these people are not drunk like you think they are they are for it is only nine o'clock in the morning glory to god this is the fulfillment of what was prophesied through the prophet joel for god says this is what i will do in the last days i will pour out my spirit upon everybody and cause your sons and daughters to prophesy and your young men will see visions and your old men will experience dreams from God. The Holy Spirit will come upon all servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. I will reveal startling signs and wonders in the sky above and mighty miracles on the earth below. Blood and fire and pillars of clouds will appear for the sun will be turned dark and the moon blood red before that great and awesome appearance of the day of the Lord. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Glory to God. So, so uh, uh, Peter actually alluded to the fact that it was, it was drunkenness. But he said it's not the drunkenness that is associated with taking alcohol, but the drunkenness that is associated with the infilling of the Holy Spirit. According to the KJV, it says these people are not drunk as you suppose. Glory to God. So let's take a closer look at what happened to the believers here. In uh, Acts chapter 2, 
the Bible says something in Acts chapter 2 and verse 2. It says, and there was a sound of a mighty rushing wind that filled all of the house where they were sitting. Glory to God. And if you read Acts chapter 2 and in verse 4, the Bible says, and they were all filled with the Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So I, I, I took a closer look at that word filled. And I saw something quite interesting. You see, the word filled in Acts chapter 2, verse 2, that talks about the, the house where they were being filled when that rushing mighty wind comes in is actually a slightly different word from the word uh, used in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, which is also filled. Okay, the Greek word in Acts chapter 2 and in verse 2 that was uh, translated as filled is the word pleru. And the other one in Acts chapter 2 and in verse 4 is the word plitho. So the word pleru means to, to make rep, uh, replete, to, to cram something in. It means to level up. It also means to complete, to feel something in the sense of feeling something until it is complete. But interestingly, the one in Acts chapter 2 and in verse 4, actually, the meaning is closer to the word furnish. It means to furnish. It means to equip. It also means to accomplish. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, like when you when you're talking to, when you're talking about a man who you say is an accomplished is an accomplished uh, uh, actor or an accomplished uh, athlete, meaning is an athlete that has been equipped thoroughly to be at his best, equipped thoroughly to perform at the highest level. Glory to God. It gives a sense that Acts chapter 2 and in verse 4 actually gives a sense of equipping the believer or the person for service or for ministry as different from just feeling you know and thank god for for good pastors and teachers who teach you the word and teach you well i remember the first time reverend paul would teach about the infilling of the spirit and was trying to draw our attention to the fact that you know you know to think of the infilling of the holy ghost uh, as something like as though you had half half water poured into a bottle and then you get a full bottle of water to mean feel infilling that that's really not an accurate interpretation of what it means to be filled, you know. So you, you, you realize that the, the, the Holy Spirit is one Holy Spirit. It's not in fragments. The Holy Spirit is not segmented. The Holy Spirit, you didn't receive half of the Holy Spirit when you got born again. And every believer actually at the new birth has the entire Holy Spirit resident and living inside of him. So what then could the Bible be talking about when it talks about you being filled with the Spirit? Clearly, the Bible is talking about the, the overwhelming and overpowering influence of the Holy Spirit, like the one that, that intoxicates you, like alcohol intoxicates you. And it is largely to empower you for service and for you to live a supernatural lifestyle. Glory to God. 
it, it, it's it's like it's like God God enabling you to do natural things supernaturally. It's like God uh, enabling you to do supernatural things also in natural space. Glory to God. That's what the Bible is talking about when it talks about the infilling of the spirit. And it says it is like you being under the influence of alcohol. Interestingly, it says you have to be drunk. It says these people are not drunk as you suppose. You know, if you, if you read in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 17 and 18, it says, uh, be not unwise, but understand what the will of what the will of the Lord is. It says, be ye filled with the Spirit. You know, be not, it says, be not drunk with wine, where is in excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. He makes specific references to being drunk. Now, you know that anybody who, who is an alcoholic or anybody who knows an alcoholic knows that the process of being drunk is not an instantaneous process. You know that in order for you to become drunk, you don't just become drunk by just taking a small sip of alcohol. <laughs> Glory to God. Drunkenness doesn't happen just because you take a small sip. Drunkenness is the result of a continual, consistent uh, uh, taking or sipping or drinking of intoxicating material until you lose God, if you allow me to use the word, <laughs> glory to God, until you lose all inhibition, until you're, un you're unable to control yourself any longer. So it means that you don't get drunk by just taking a little. You get drunk by taking and taking and taking and taking and taking the thing until after a while you are no longer in control of what you're doing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, to be drunk, to be drunk with wine is, is, is it, it means you took enough of that, that material to the point where it now started controlling you. Interestingly, I see a small uh, paradox. You find that quite a number of believers want to experience the effects of drunkenness in the spirit, but are not willing <laughs> to do what it would take to get there. You don't experience the effects of drunkenness without having becoming without you becoming drunk you have to get drunk first before you experience the effects of drunkenness so if you do not stay continuously on the material that is supposed to get you drunk you're not ever going to get drunk the same way it happens with alcohol is the same way it happens with the influence of the holy spirit you need to tarry there long enough you need to tarry with that material long enough until you become disinvited. So I'm saying in essence that you have to get drunk first before you can get the effects of drunkenness. And sadly and unfortunately, a lot of us or a lot of people either are unwilling or do not know that there's a requirement of them to be consistent with the material that gets them drunk, they don't stay long enough on it 
And as a result of that, they don't ever get to the point where they are, there's, you can describe what is happening with them as drunkenness. You can have a small effect of the spirit, which can be likened to just being a bit tipsy. But if you are going to get drunk on the spirit, you have to keep at it, keep at it, keep at it, keep at it until you are literally drunk and you are no longer in control of your actions. Glory to God. You must get drunk first before you see the effects of drunkenness. Glory to God. So you see that that, that effect of drunkenness as demonstrated in Acts chapter 2 verse, verse 4 is the effect of, of God empowering us, is the effect of God you know, giving us supernatural ability to do natural things. You do natural things engraced by the power of God and the effect is phenomenal. The effect is, is, is far-reaching. It also means being able to do a lot of, 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 uh, of, of uh, a lot of natural things supernaturally. Glory to God. It means also being able to do supernatural things in a natural space. All of these things, they don't happen by your physical ability. They don't happen by you doing nagidi, they don't happen by your own prowess or competence. It is all as a result of our ability to be as yielded as possible to the Holy Spirit. So I'm saying in essence that the key to a supernatural life or a, the key to the supernatural lifestyle is staying drunk in the spirit. It is staying drunk in the spirit. I didn't stay getting drunk. I, it's staying drunk in the spirit. Ephesians 5 says that. It says, it says, be not drunk with wine. Where is the next? But be being filled. When it says be filled, actually, the actual rendition is be being filled. That means continue to be filled. Glory to God. And how do you continue to be filled? Ephesians chapter 5 tells us what you need to do to continue to be filled. And Colossians chapter 3 verses 14 to 17 also tells us what we need to continue to be filled. As a matter of fact, if you read in 1 Corinthians 14, you will see something interesting. He says, he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. Glory to God. You, you, you're charging yourself up like a battery. You're building yourself up like an edifice. Glory to God. The key to staying filled with the Spirit is to do what gets you filled and keeps you filled. And what are these things? The Bible says you speak to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and you make melody in your heart unto the Lord. In the Bible also says in Colossians chapter 3, it says, let the word of God dwell in you richly. <laughs> Glory to God. How many of you know that the word is spirit? The word is spirit. The Bible says the word that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. The key to staying filled with the spirit also is filling yourself with God's word. Because when you fill yourself with God's word, you're able to admonish one another in psalms and hymns and in spiritual songs. Glory to God. So you're filling yourself with God's word. You're filling yourself with God's word. And you are 
you're filling yourself with the Holy Ghost by praying in tongues, by praying in the spirit, by, by, by singing in psalms and singing in hymns and singing in spiritual songs and making melody in your heart. Interestingly, the Holy Ghost uh, influence is required for you to be able to carry out all these activities that I have said, like praying in tongues. You need the Holy Ghost to help you pray in tongues. You need the Holy Ghost to help you sing in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. But the wonderful mystery is that the more you allow the Holy Ghost help you to do those things, the more it ends up filling you with the Holy Spirit. The more it ends up filling you with the Holy Ghost. Remember, you are not taking a little sip. You are not taking a little sip so that you just get a little tipsy. You keep drinking because what the Bible talks about is drunkenness. Glory to God. We all need to get to the point where we get drunk, drunk on the most high, where we get high on the most high. Because the effects of getting high on the most high are evident in scripture. You will have the ability to operate in supernatural utterances. You will have the ability to operate in supernatural revelations. You have the ability to experience supernatural occurrences in your life. And of course, you will see that there will be supernatural increase. Is it any wonder that at the point in time in Acts chapter 2 and in verse 21, when he was talking about the infilling of the spirit of God and the effect of the infilling on the lives of the people, he ended it by saying that, that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. There's an intricate connection between soul winning and the manifestation and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Because really, that, that, that's what brings the harvest. Glory to God. That's what causes the harvest to be relentless. That's what causes the harvest to come in with relentless ease. And I dare say, it's what brings every form of increase into our lives. He says, until the Spirit came upon us from on high, you know, and the mountain, or is this, and the, the, it talks about the wilderness becomes a fruitful field. And a fruitful field becomes a, 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 a forest. <laughs> Glory to God. The Spirit of God brings increase. The Spirit of God brings the overflow. The Spirit of God is what causes the supernatural to be in demonstration like never before. And usually what it brings is overflow and increase. But guess what, folks? You have to get drunk. If you do not break an egg, you can never see an omelette. So you must be ready to break an egg in order to see an omelette. You must be ready to get drunk in order to see the effects of drunkenness. There is, there is a pathway to getting drunk in the spirit before you can see the effect of the drunkenness in the spirit. The effects of the drunkenness in the spirit is revelation. See the, the people there, those guys were speaking in other tongues, but guess what? I'm talking about the, the, the disciples who are speaking in other tongues, but the people that came from all over the world were hearing their own languages. Evidently, it couldn't have been that the disciples were speaking those individual languages because the whole thing was a noisy thing. So the real miracle that was done there was the fact that God opened their ears to, to, to hear the wondrous works of God. That talks about revelation. God unveiled himself to the people. You see, when, when, when we do these things consistently, 
God begins to unveil himself to us even more. When we do these things, we speak in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. He says, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. He says, your old men will dream dreams. Do you know that every one of us can come with something to those Holy Ghost meetings? Do you know that you can come with, with an inspired utterance on the spur of the moment and it will be carrying a message that will be a blessing to somebody? But the road to it is the road of drinking and drinking and drinking until you become drunk. Glory to God. I, I, I pray that the Lord will open our eyes to these realities so that as we prepare for camp meeting, as we get into camp meeting season, and we have this series of meetings that are going to be coming thick and fast, we'll be having some mouth-watering supernatural dimensions in our meetings. Glory to God. I believe that the Lord has opened our eyes to some things. I want us to, to consider these things, and the Lord will give us more understanding. So just go ahead uh, today, speaking in tongues, speaking in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, and maintain being filled with the Spirit. And as we do so, we'll experience the overflow even more and more in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to me and listening to God's Word. Go ahead and have a fantastic day. Bye-bye.